Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Oh, I never thought about that actually because there's no filming taking place right now. Yeah, so this so for the main series, usually um, the end of the year, September, October, would we and all the new series and the new seasons of the new series get released. Um, but now Netflix have confirmed that TV and movie production in the United States is not happening at scale anytime soon. They said 2021, the back end of 2021 is when things are going to start ramping up. So that means for the first time ever, especially when it comes to obviously American TV series and things like that are probably the same and i'm not sure what the, the situation is like in the uk and here but there's going to be no autumn tv season for the first time ever now are they doing love island and the likes i hope this year? not i don't think they i don't know actually for sure but i don't think they could could they they couldn't have a whole lot of people on top of each other in an island scenario uh, no socially distancing yeah, because I did break hear the two meter boundary. <laughs> game over. Yeah, actually, in fairness, the whole point of the whole is it a game? Yeah, it is a game. The whole point is that you're hooking up with everyone. Um, but I think I read about uh, what's the get me out of here? Can't even think of the name. Celeb. Right I'm a celeb. Get yeah. me out of here. Yes, that one. That if lockdown continues in Australia, they may have to push it to Scotland. Oh my God, that would be amazing. In the Highlands in Scotland, oh, you'd watch that yeah. then, wouldn't you? Freezing cold, snow everywhere, all of them in kilts. That'd be magic. But they don't have any dangerous spiders or snakes or rats or, you know, all these horrible, dangerous things that are in Australia. No, they have to, to eat deep fat, deep fried Mars bars. That's what the dangerous things will be. <laughs> I'd love that. What's the other one oh, they can drink? Iron I brew. Would, they have to, yeah. I would get on really well. They just have to bath in iron brew and everything has to be deep fat fried. That'll be the danger. There'll be doctors checking their cholesterol 24-7 going, oh, is he going to die? Battered Mars bars are the best. Yeah. That'll be, that now you be make me well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. starving anyway. So uh, listen, that, that's news anyway. If you or don't even know what series were meant to be coming out in the autumn, but they're not. If you're looking forward to the return of a new season of your favourite TV show that was based in the United States, not happening. And Netflix are going to obviously be slow on releasing anything new over the next while anyway says it won't be till next year and possibly even the second half of next year before you start to see anything new fresh um new or fresh series on your tv screens or your laptops or your phones or wherever you're streaming from so there you go um on the way next what does your beer 
say about you as a risk-taking person. So apparently the beer that you drink determines whether or not you're a risk-taking individual. Always drink responsibly, visit drinkaware.ie, of course, but it has to do with your tastes and the type of beer that you like. So let us know if you are a beer drinker, what beer do you drink? Because we'll find out a lot about your personality and your risk-taking behavior. So uh, 087-679-7104, let us know. We're going to be chatting to one of the lead researchers from Penn State who undertook this study next year on FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. What does your choice of beer say about your risk-taking behavior? And uh, does somebody who drinks a craft beer or maybe an IPA, are they less risky, less risky or more risky than somebody who drinks, I don't know, a Budweiser or a Heineken? I mean, would you, would you even think that beverages and foods can inform your risk-taking behavior? I wouldn't have said so, no. Now, of course, I usually kind of do drink wine for the most part, but I am a fan of a Guinness and a Budweiser, but I hate things like cider. Anything that's too bitter, I can't tolerate at all. Um, I, I wouldn't be a... Uh, I'd be a bitter person, but I wouldn't like bitter tasting food. <laughs> I wonder what that says. No, uh, to talk more about this, there was an interesting piece of research done in uh, in Penn State looking at uh, bitterness, IPAs, the different types of food and different types of alcohol and what they say about your risk-taking um, behaviours on a daily basis and on a weekly basis. And to tell us more about this, he's just finished up her PhD. We're delighted to welcome to the show one of the lead researchers from that study, Dr. Molly Jane Higgins. How are things? Hi, thanks for having me on the show. No worries um, at all. You were looking into uh, IPAs and beers and risk-taking behaviour, but I see, I didn't realise that food sometimes had been, or certain types of food, had been an indicator for people's risk-taking behaviours previously. Yes. Um, so this research um, kind of came to be um, based on previous research that has been conducted into my in uh, my lab where we looked at sensation-seeking behaviors and foods that people consume. Um, so previous work showed that there was a positive correlation between this sensation-seeking personality traits and liking an intake of spicy food. So in this study, we expanded it to look at the beer category and look at bitterness and relationships to, again, the sensation-seeking personality trait. Now, I find this really interesting because, you know, I grew up like typical Irish family on potatoes and chicken or whatever, whatever <laughs> was sadness there. Sadness and misery, yeah, whatever was there. Sadness and misery, so very bland food. But I can tolerate a lot of spice now and I love spicy food, whereas there's friends of mine or I've gone out with boyfriends who would be profusely sweating every time they eat anything remotely spicy, whereas, as I said, I could live off it. So what does that say about someone like me? Well, you could be um, high in the sensation-seeking personality trait. So if you, I guess first I can define um, oh, sensation-seeking. Yeah. That is the, it's defined as the need for very novel and complex sensation and willingness to take physical and social risks for the sake of those um, experiences. So eating spicy food can occasionally make you a little uncomfortable, increase, you know, kind of the sweating and that, you know, oral irritation. And people could be drawn to that sensation because it is, it's novel. You might not get that typically in your standard food. So there are certain people that are drawn to those food products that are spicier, that are, you know, potentially bitter. And they seek those out because of those novel and intense sensations. I don't know about you, Cormac, but are you into spice? 
I no, I think this cookie. makes perfect sense. I think uh, Saoirse would be a perfect uh, person for this study because you like your spice and you've done some some very weird, random risk-taking behaviours in the past, which which I think fits in perfectly. I'd be more, maybe more socially boring when it comes to these things. I can't really stand spicy food. I'd always go for something uh, tasteless and bland and normal and, and fine. I can't handle spices. I'm the type of person that starts sweating, gets a runny nose. Um, yeah, so that, that, that's really interesting that there's an overlap between your tastes and your sensations and your decisions in life nearly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think this is also a really interesting study for the food industry because it's showing that, you know, personality does, you know, impact our food choices. And so there are people that um, have uh, different personality traits and they are drawn to different food categories more so than other people who are low in those personality traits. And is this a genetic thing? Is this something that you were born born with or is it something that you just kind of develop over time? Um, well, yeah, I don't know too much um, about the genetic background for these personality traits, but from just general readings that I've conducted, mm. I think about 50% of your personality traits are genetic. So if you're somewhat similar to your parents, you're probably inheriting um, about 50% of their personality traits. This is really interesting. So what do we know? Do you know much else about the difference? Um, like what do really boring, safe people eat? <laughs> I can't speak um, too much about that. But what we did find in our study was that people that are high in sensation seeking and also perceive high bitterness do like more bitter beers more than others. So if somebody did like, you know, a more, I guess, standard, not as bitter, yeah. not as complex beer like Budweiser, which was one of the beers that we tested in our study, um, they might be low in sensation seeking. Or kind of one of the interesting findings of our study is that they could actually be high in sensation seeking. They just didn't get the feedback from that beer product so that it was novel and intense. So if you are a high sensation seeker and you try a bitter style beer, if you just genetically, you know, don't taste that bitterness just because of your genetic makeup with your taste receptors, then you might not like that beer product just because you don't get that feedback that it is novel uh -huh. and it okay. is complex. Ooh. So I was going to ask, is there a difference between the food and the drink? Because I would say I'd be more adventurous, well, in terms of spices and stuff with food, but more plain when it comes to beer. Yeah, so the... I guess, type of product that you're consuming could also influence this. So when we're looking at beverages, and in our case, beer, there is an alcohol factor. So we also believe that these sensation seekers might also be looking for higher alcohol content beers. So something like a pale ale is going to typically be higher in alcohol than a lager. And sensation seekers might be drawn to that category, maybe not because of the complex bitter taste that they enjoy, but maybe because they're using that bitterness as an indicator that that product is higher in alcohol so with oh. you know more food products we don't have that alcohol factor and so we might see some differences in that category yeah this is all fascinating so w when it comes to obviously beers you're saying that the, the ipas are generally more bitter and are attracting people who are more high risk-taking individuals that than those that are not but i suppose in my view anyone who not anyone but most people who drink ipas at least over here and those fancy craft beers would always seem very very passive you know they're they wear a check shirt have a beanie a huge beard and they live <laughs> in a gentrified town like you know stony bat or fizz or whatever and they'd be into uh like i would never imagine a fight kicking off in a, like a craft beer bar if that makes uh, sense so is when we're talking risk i suppose risk doesn't necessarily mean violence then it's just can be a whole host of things yes um so in our case when we talk about risk taking we're talking about the physical and social risks in order to i guess achieve those 
buried in novel sensations. There has to be, I guess, that factor or that included experience in it as well. Well, if you're planning on doing a study on wine, I am <laughs> free and available to participate. It's funny, there's people that either drink white wine or red wine. It's one or the other, really. People don't tend to like both, and I'm definitely red wine all the way. So it'd be interesting to find out why that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be great to expand this research to other categories. So yeah, looking at wine, looking at other food products. I think, yeah, this research can go a lot of different ways. Uh, and then just before we let you go, uh, is, was there anything else that you found particularly interesting or insightful from this research looking into, you know, beer drinkers and people are like bitterness when it comes to their personality? Uh, yeah, I think this research has a lot of implications for the food industry. So typically we try to decrease bitterness in food products, but this is showing and giving us evidence that people actually seek out bitterness as a quality. It's not always a negative quality. And then I also think it's really interesting when we have that interaction between the sensation-seeking personality trait and also the bitterness. You have to be high in both, basically, to achieve this finding because sensation-seekers actually need that feedback from a product to show that it is novel and you know potentially you could expand that to not only showing novelty in the bitterness but maybe novelty in other ways so you can work with the packaging the marketing of your products to um, really bring in different consumers because you know there's so much segmentation and if we can use this research we can create products that a lot of different people will like and maybe some more mainstream products are missing those consumers and we can really um, find a product that really fits them you just remind me i'm i'm just talking about, you know, novel foods and things like that. I remember as a kid that there was these particular sweets that were just designed to, like, blow the head off you. They were incredibly... What was, do you remember them, seriously? Like, the I, sour things? Yeah. Or, I just remember, I, I you know, remember. And yeah. you kind of got them more for the experience and having a laugh with your friends of trying to, you know, eat these. It wasn't chewing gum. It was just a small rock-hard sweet that was so sour and so bitter that your eyes were watering. It was blowing the head off you. But, you know, you, you did it, not necessarily as a dare, but you did it with your friends. No one really enjoyed it, but it was, as you said, fun and novel and hilarious when you were kids doing it. So, yeah, maybe um, we need more of those kind of things as adults. But before we let you go, uh, Doc, is there anywhere or where's the best place to connect with you online and maybe find out more of the stuff that you're researching and doing? Yes, so you can find some of our research studies. I think just Google Scholar is a good way to find that. Um, But if you want to connect with me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. I can also, um, you know, direct you to some of our research studies um, through there as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Dr. Molly Jane Higgins, thanks uh, so much for speaking to us this evening on FM 104. Yeah, thanks for having me on. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. Coming in in relation to times that you may have pulled an Eamon Ryan, which is falling asleep in situations where it's probably not a good idea for you to fall asleep in. Um, Michelle, my son fell asleep on the bus to Drogheda and woke up in Dublin. That's not oh. a good situation at all. Did you have to go and collect him? Oh, can you Because that would be really annoying. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? You get the bus back home now, dear. Lovely. Thanks. Bye. Um, I'm in Dublin. How long did it take? <laughs> how long does it take to get from Drogheda to Dublin on a normal no traffic? I'd say about what half. Well, probably about forty-five minutes, maybe even an hour. Well, I used to drive there um, a few years ago for a job, and it took me forty-five minutes to drive. Yeah. So, would a bus take longer? Probably. Uh, this is this is a great one. Mate of mine is a taxi driver. He fell asleep in his car at the taxi rank. Another taxi driver thought it's going to be great crack to wake him up by slapping his roof really hard. I would be right with the mate there. I'd be like, that is 100%. Go ahead and do that. Brilliant. So it worked, but the mate immediately 
put the car in first gear and crashed into the back of the taxi <gasps> in front of him. <laughs> See, that's the thing. When you shock someone and they're in a car and the car's turned on, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but karma played a beautiful role here because the car in front was the car belonging to the guy who slapped his roof. See, what would you do in that situation? Like, do you have to pay for it? Or is that just, look, this wouldn't have happened if you didn't scare me, so... This is your own it's fault. It's your fault. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you do in that situation? Because he obviously... I don't think I'd pay. <laughs> I wouldn't pay for it. Serves him right. <laughs> Actually, do follow up and let us know, because I'm nosy and I want to know, did you... Uh, did you pay? Yeah. Give us a little follow-up there. Um, Max, this evening, what's the story? How are things? 0876797104, just tweet us in. Were the sour sweet things toxic waste? No, they weren't. You know, no one remember, you could buy a small packet of like three or, f- three or four circular like sour, I think they were called sour something. And you put them in and they just blew the head off you. They were the yeah. sourest, craziest sweets ever. Do you not remember? They were a small little I packet. do I remember them. Three or maybe five. They were in ball shapes. What was the name of them? Yeah, ball shapes. You had to put balls were they in not, your mouth. Was sour not in the name? That's what I thought, yeah. Sour something. Like sour this was back stoppers in the day or something. When you got them and then your L one would go mad over the E numbers in them. Do you remember when E, e numbers were See, a big the thing worry is, for everyone? They weren't though. My mom didn't have a clue. We got we lived on sweets. I remember and going back to sorry to my next door neighbour's house. Yeah. We just gone around from the local shop and stocked up on a load of these things that are definitely poisoned in sweet form. And then she spent like uh, ten minutes at the front of the house giving out to us and reading out all the E numbers. Look, E one five seven eight. That's terrible. And we were like, oh, I don't care. Just give me the sweets. But that was the big. Uh, that was the were big they sour back then? Oh, I don't. Zappers? Sour bombs or something. I can't see the exact one that I used to eat, but I know what you're talking about. And yeah, you'd only buy them for the novelty of, yeah, like you said, making that funny face because you couldn't couldn't hack it. Sour something, sour. This is going to do my head in now. Yeah, I know. Sour blasties. I don't think that's the name of it. So I think it was. It was a packet of like three or four, I think you could get. Circular little bolly yeah. things that just blue. Maybe kind of green, tangy kind of colour. And they, do they not have like a bit of powdery stuff on them? I Some they of them did. did. There was the gobstoppers. And the, it was, and the gobstopper was the big, huge, rock yeah, the big, solid huge bubble gum. that they had. Yeah. Yeah, but what was the small? Oh, wait, was that a bubble gum? Ones? That wasn't. That was like a rock hard little. That was like a ball. Trying to bite into that like a, was... It was like a golf ball, yeah. Yeah. Were they zappers? Sour zappers or something? No, I don't Give think they Give us the were. sour zappers there, will you now, please? Thanks very much, love. No, I don't know what they were. I, I can't remember the name of them. If you know what they were, will you drop us in a WhatsApp and let us know this is doing my head in 0876797104. Still to come on the show, if you're dying to go travelling, but obviously don't because of the coronavirus situation, you can apparently travel the world from the comfort of your own home using hypnosis. And apparently people who are using hypnosis, it's called mind travelling. I'm a mind traveller. That's going to be the newest thing. I'll be uh, reviewing my mind travels on my new blog, my mind blog. But apparently it it works and people say it is just as good as the real thing, getting hypnotised to take you on a mind travelling journey to paradise. So we'll be chatting to uh, Jenna who is uh, on a little bit, sorry, Joanna, who was on a little bit later on, who swears by this and said that it's done wonders for her. It made her feel as if she was on the beach away, helped her distress and relax. So she'll be on the way shortly. But if you do know the name of that weird, sweet 
thingy. Drop us in a message. 0876797. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Sirsha here on Room 104. And it uh, turns out if you like very, very bitter things, especially like bitter beers as well, IPAs and things like that, you're a bigger risk taker. But just r- reminded me and reminded us of those sweets you would get as a child, the incredibly sour ones would blow the head off you as a kid. I it can't for the life of me remember the name of them. There's a few texts in there. Uh, well, yeah, well, so a few people have said, Ross has said sour zappers as well. And uh, Deirdre has said she actually has toxic waste here. She absolutely loves them. I can't remember them, but Deirdre, you're saying that you have stockpiled them. <laughs> Hello. Um, yes, I found them in a little sweet shop the other day on my COVID uh, adventures. And I had to take, pick a tub, up, a tub of them up because I love them. So what exactly are they? You know, they re- they came in a little uh, yellow kind of bin, I suppose. And they're all individually wrapped and they're like really, really sour, like hard sweets. They're unreal. Yeah, I think I'm remembering I them taste. now, yeah. They're so See, nice a lot of... Here. Sorry, a lot of those um, old sweet shops, is that where you went to get them? Yeah, it was just a tiny little like sweet shop. I'm down in Kilkenny at the moment and it was a tiny little sweet shop and I saw them and I was like, I need to get them. Uh, so are you a fan of that kind of bitter, sour taste? Absolutely, yeah, million percent. And then, are, so are you a big risk taker in life? Um, <laughs> maybe as of late. Oh, you sound God. like one, yeah. But I don't think I'd buy one of those kind of sour sweets now. You know, as a child, it was much more exciting to buy them because you were just trying to see if any of your friends could actually, you know, yeah, keep yeah. it in their mouth yeah. the longest. I used to Whereas, do that too. But, but you actually enjoy this. Yeah, they're really, they're so nice, and I do. I was listening to the doctor there, and um, I definitely agree. Like with like spicy food and like the IPAs and stuff, like I definitely take all those boxes. See, I would take them. Yeah, take them with um, certain foods, but I think sour. I can't tolerate sour at all. No, it's fab. Like even with like um, like you know sour fruit or sour oranges, I'm like, yeah, they're the nicest ones. Oh. Yeah, but the worst. A sour yeah. apple is, you know, no, when you actually nice spit it out. No way. Yeah, yeah. No, 100% the nicest. So what's the most dangerous thing you've ever done in your life, Deirdre? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot now, Cormac. I know, um, my, my apologies. I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. are you working or studying at the moment or are you just chilling out? I, I'm working and studying at the same time. That's that. challenging. Yeah. That's, risk-taking. That's challenging and risky as well. You like putting yourself in uncomfortable <laughs> situations. So you work your nine to five and then come back and stress yourself out over your exams. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Fair play to you. Love my life. Yeah. What are you studying? Um, I'm studying pharmacy, so I'm working down in Kilkenny at the moment. But um, yeah, That's I have assignments even to pretend like I'm doing. So how many like exams and stuff are you going to have? Um, well, I'm in my final year now, so I've only one more exam left, so that's great. And oh, are you brilliant. working full-time on top of this? Yeah. You deserve all the gobstoppers there ever was. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Uh, Putting yeah, well, us to listen, shame again, Cormac. Yeah, I know. Real jobs that actually have a, a decent impact on people's lives. Listen, we won't ask when we're talking about uh, risk-taking behaviour and working in pharmacy. We won't even go down that route because we don't know where it'll end up and we could get a lot of people in a lot of trouble. But listen, Deirdre, thanks a million for popping on and clearing that up right. And if, you've, thanks, if you have... Um, did you Sorry, did you get those sweets down in Kilkenny or in Dublin? Yeah, in Kilkenny. Well, I have Damn them in Dublin as well. They're definitely in Dublin too. 
Okay, perfect. Listen, thanks for the heads up on that. And uh, listen, uh, enjoy the rest of work. Best of luck with the exams. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Easy. Bye. 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 God, there uh, you go now. Some of yeah, the like, sour kinda, things. A lot of people saying, yeah, the sour apples. There was a photo of the sour jawbreaker, which was a packet of green, small, little, hard ball sweets as well. Thank you for sending that in, um, Claire. They look nice. I sour zappers. Ross said as well. Uh, were the sweets? Yeah, t- toxic waste. Everyone has come in saying, yeah, toxic waste must have been, uh, must have been the ones. Last year. So wait, that's Fireball. the name of it. Toxic waste so. is it's the not name. The bell. Maybe I've just completely forgotten about them. One hundred percent. Like. Yeah, I don't remember them either. Sure. Look, there we go. Um, this comes in from who is this? This is from Sam. What's the story, Sam? How are things? Sam has said, Lance, do you remember fireballs? They were little mad red sweets. And they were literally used, used to burn the mouth off you. We used to see who could last the longest with a heap of them in their mouths. I think Fireballs. I remember them. Yeah, oh, I do no. remember them. I remember my brother doing that with his friends. I thought they were poisonous, I remember. <laughs> they probably were. <laughs> yeah, now I Thinking don't know if they're still on sale. They'd be like, no, the, the Karens would be out making sure that they're banned. You can't be having them. They're too much fun to be had for kids. Anyway, uh, listen, thanks for those. Still to come on the show a little bit later on, mind travelling. Would you be up for some mind travelling? Exploring all of the most beautiful sights in the world via hypnosis because we can't get away. Or at least are, are advised against unnecessary travel. But if you're missing out, if you're sad and you're upset that you can't go to a beach, would being hypnotised to make you think you're on a beach work? Be ch- FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. That is Joel Curry. Sorry, it's Cormac and Saoirse here on FM 104. If you want to uh, listen back to the shows in full, uninterrupted, and listen back to the individual features as well and the interviews, you can do that on the Room 104 podcast, uh, available wherever you get your podcasts from. Still to come a little bit after 11 o'clock this evening, mind travel via hypnosis. People who have it swear by it and say it is just as good as going on real holidays. Now, I'm not sure if you believe that, but we'll be talking to somebody who has done a bit of mind travelling in their head with hypnosis a little bit closer to 11 o'clock, so you can uh, judge for yourself whether you're going to be checking into some mind travel or holding out for the uh, real travel whenever that gets back to normal. Now, before we go on, do, do we have a question this evening, Saoirse? I do have a question this evening. So, you have 6,200 watt every day. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, you see... <laughs> Everyone has this? Yeah. You have 6,200 watts every single day. Well, that's an interesting one. Have a yes, guess if is. you think you know what it is. 0876797104. What do you have 6,200 of every single day? <clears throat> oh, I've, I've a couple I'm of giving, things coming to I'm mind. Giving, I'm giving no clues away as of yet. Right, okay, okay. Uh, well, that, that's fair enough. No clues as of yet. 6,200 things every single day. You have 6,200 of these every single day. What do you think it is? Have a guess. 87 And uh, we'll see if anyone has gotten it right next. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Evening, Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Uh, uh, heads up, if you know who Steve Brown is, the young Dublin rapper who released uh, this song and this music video, it's been viewed a million times on Twitter, uh, tens of thousands of times online, huge comments and huge shares. He's going to be on with Jim Jim and Nobby in the morning on the Strawberry Alarm Clock here on FM 104. Uh, Saoirse, I don't think you've yet to be uh, introduced to Noggin by Steve Brown. No, I haven't. What's Ooh. up, lad? Steve Brown. Back on the scene, right now the suits. Yeah. I love that. Get a San Siro from the noggin. Then we have eight gamers logins. We end up in Honey Park. That's half the go. It's getting dark. Wolfie, end up Right, so listen, <clears throat> it is blown up today on Twitter. He's, he's, he's won the internet today, as much as I hate using that phrase. But uh, listen, the video is brilliant. Check it out. Steve Brown on Instagram and uh, the video's up on Twitter as well. A million times on Twitter. Um, and if you the want new Eminem. <clears throat> This is it. The new Eminem hailing from Dublin. Uh, he will be on with Jim Jim and Nobby in the morning only here on FM 104. So be sure to tune into that and just remember the name, okay? Remember the name. Steve Brown. It's Nobby. called The Upper New Barber Go There And if you look sharper Don't forget About the skills The compost accounts All students are filled That's the hey, I'll leave it on that. All What a fills. legend. Love it. There you go. Doesn't care. So listen, uh, he'll be on in the morning with uh, Jim Jim and Nobby quarter past eight. So do tune in um, if you're going to be up at that at that ungodly hour, my God. Anyway, this evening's question, Saoirse, was... This evening's question is, you have 6,200 watt every day. Is it regrets? <laughs> if you have that many regrets every day, you're doing, you're doing life very wrong. Or very well. I mean, it doesn't matter your perspective. You're like, that only, only 6,200, that's crap. 6,200 I've definitely had in my lifetime so far. 
but um, <laughs> not in a day. Not in a day. Uh, Jacintha has said, is it calories? Jesus, I don't think you can be eating 6,200 calories as a woman, can you? That's a lot. Uh, you, you can. You'll just be piling on the pounds, I think. Um, it, it would be amazing if you could burn 6,000 calories a day because then you could literally eat whatever you wanted. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be one of those people that, you know, is trying to bulk up and has to keep eating as yeah. many calories as they can. Like, that would be ideal yeah. for me. I could do that easily. Yeah. People struggle doing that. I, I really wouldn't. But um, it's not calories, Jacinta, no. Uh, good guess, though. Uh, 87 You have 6,200 watt every single day. Uh, Ian has said, is it Brett's? Oh, that's a good one. Is it Brett's? No, it's not. Ah, uh, no way. I wonder how many times you breathe in on a daily basis anyway. Like, how many times would you breathe in a minute? Good question. I think, well, women's heartbeat beats faster and more frequently than men's, doesn't it? Because you're worrying more. Yeah, probably is. You're like, what's he slightly, now? slightly more stressed. Yeah, what, what's he doing? You know that whole um, meme that's going around where you're about lying in bed and he's thinking of his PlayStation game and <laughs> she's like, and you knew he I was thinking of his ex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe no, maybe I'm really no. a boy. I, I'm usually the one asleep. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Um, so no, Jacinta, it's not calories. Jack has said, is it bed bugs? Now this creeps me out because I remember reading one of those books. I think my mom left it on my bed once about, yeah. you know, hidden diseases and hidden infections mm. and all this stuff. And bed bugs was one of the chapters in it. And I couldn't sleep in my bed for ages. I used to sleep on the floor, which was probably worse. But at the time as a child, because I couldn't see the bed bugs because they're so minuscule, I just yeah. refused to sleep on it. <laughs> Six, I'd say there are probably 6,200 bed bugs in your bed. Uh, no, I, I don't think you need to have that many to get bitten all over you. If there was that many, I think they'd be carrying the bed out the door. No, hang on a sec. They don't bite. They're, they're different to... Aren't bed bugs just living in your bed regardless? You don't have to be bitten. What ones? What ones bite you then? Uh, is it ticks? Oh no, they're for animals. I don't know what they're called, but I think they're different. I'm I'm nearly certain that everyone has bed bugs in their bed. Oh, no, Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm pretty sure that's true. So no, it's it's not. It's not 6,200 bed bugs. Well, that I know of. Maybe it is, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. Sarah has said bacteria on your skin. Now, that's disgusting. Uh, completely disgusting. Uh, although I would say there's no bacteria on anyone's skin because it's been f fused off with the amount of hand sanitizer and the alcohol in it over the last couple that's of months. That's what you would think. Have you ever seen a close-up of someone's eyelashes and you can see the, um, what are they called? The eyelash insects that sit inside your eyelashes. No. The little bugs. Oh, they're disgusting. They, they live in your eyelashes. We all have them. That is disgusting. Yeah. Look it up during the break. It's really terrifying. Uh, it's not bacteria, though. No. Uh, okay, 087-67-97104. Drop us in a text this evening, a WhatsApp, for free, if you want to have a guess. Uh, David and Blanche, good evening. What's the story? He said, is it heartbeats? Is it 6,200 heartbeats a day? No, it's not heartbeats. No, I think this number... having a day? I'd say more. I'd say more than six thousand two hundred. But the answer to this, I'm quite surprised at how high a number. 
you know. Hmm. Sorry, I was just, just getting depressed. distracted here. I googled, I googled the amount of heartbeats you have in one day. It's 100,000, apparently. Oh, God. So if you had 6,200, you wouldn't be doing too well. <laughs> You'd be the most chilled out person <laughs> in the world. The Buddha would be jealous of you. 35 million times a year, your heartbeats. Oh, that's scary. I hate that. You know, when you focus in on something and that's in my head now, I'm going to be focusing yeah. on my heart heartbeat. And I hate that because then it will end up stopping or something. Whew. Not the answer, obviously. Okay. Okay. 6,200 of these you have every single day. Why do you think it is? 6,200 every single day. Like, and it, do you have to have these every single day? Like, is there a day off? Is it seven days a week? Is it at work, at home? Anywhere, anything like that? Can you give us another clue? Se- seven days a week. Seven days a week, yeah. Right. And this is obviously the average. Right. I, I feel if I give you another clue, you're going to get it. Okay, well, don't do <clears throat> anything just yet. If you want to have another guest there, 87 You have 6,200 of these things every single day. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it's the dark, heavy music. Why are we playing this? I don't know. I just haven't played it in a while. I just felt as if we needed to darken things up. Because if we said nothing there, people for the first few seconds would suddenly think danger. Yeah. All pubs in Dublin have been shut down forever. No, they haven't. (laughs) They've just been pushed back to the 10th. And who knows when they're going to reopen again. Info up on F104.e for all the latest coronavirus stuff. If if you're into all that beautiful, lovely reading on a Thursday evening. Good evening, Megan. Great to have you back now. Megan has said, Ben says he thinks it is 6,200 blinks every single day. Links? Blinks, as in blinking, blinking. Oh, blink, sorry. I thought you said links. Blinks. I mean, that's not a bad guess. I think that's pretty high, though, would it not be? 6,200? It's not the answer. Do you ever meet some people who blink quite a lot? I think there might even be a, a condition for it, but it's really, it can be really off-putting. Yeah, or someone that doesn't blink at all is even worse. <laughs> yeah, when they're holding a knife there in front of you in the middle of the night, you're like, <laughs> I don't know you. You don't blink very much, do you? Oh, I'm dead. Lovely. Um, Megan, by the way, did Ben get home safe last night? This is what we want to know. If he got, I, I take it he did, but uh, thanks for the text. Unfortunately, not correct. Is it, yeah, a lot of people, is it eye rolls? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. If you're doing 6,200 eye rolls a day, you're not having a good day either. No, it's oh, not eye rolls. Yes. Oh, God. Puh. Must be working with a hell of a lot of people who stress you out. Um, okay, I think I'm going to presume Edwin thought it was blinks as well. Your eyes blink about 6,200 times on average every day. Edwin, you're, you seem very confident with that information. That's not correct, though. Uh, it just says, getabytes. No. Okay. Uh, no. Any other... Let me see what other ones do we have coming in here now. No, a lot of people said blinks, heartbeats. Is it steps, someone says? 6,200 steps every day. Uh, no, it's not. So you're probably bang on, though. You're doing well. Claire, thanks yeah. for sending that in. The average person takes between 17,280 and 23,000 breaths a day. Interesting. Wow. Interesting indeed. So I think... 
let me see <clears throat> the person who texts this in a ton of you have sent this in Dan has said this though is it 6,200 thoughts every day now, see, that's what I think is very high. But it is correct and right, yes. How is it? 6,200 thoughts every single day. Now, if I was to sit down at the end of a day, I would say that I have thought very little. <laughs> day. <laughs> I just think I don't think very much. I'm very relaxed, you know, in but my is brain. This not, is, I it, is this not down from... Because I thought... I. Does something come into mind about it? you have 50,000 thoughts a day? So are they scaling this down to only 6,200? And how do you measure what an individual thought is inside somebody's head? Well, this is saying new research has come out to say the average yeah. person will have 6,200 thoughts per day. Now, that's the average person, but obviously there's going to be people that are going to be highly strung, may think a little bit more or... Some people think a lot less than that. I'd, I'd imagine I think a little bit less than 6,200 thoughts per day. But then again, like there's things that you consciously think about and there's things that you subconsciously don't realise you're thinking about. So are these no, just I could be sitting here. thoughts then? Well, th- this, is, this is everything. They have checked our whole brains in a day. And it's called thought worm. So that's anything and everything that we think of so I could be talking to you and I'm looking at my sunglasses here beside me and you know you could end up going off in in your own head going where did I put the case for them so that's a thought but I'm also thinking about what I'm saying to you so 6,200 a day is quite a lot I wonder how much we dream in our sleep because are you still thinking the same as you would be thinking during the day? Is that considered a thought when you're sleeping? Yeah. That's one, one thing I want to know. Hmm. 6,200 individual thoughts you're having on a daily basis. And some person devised a way to count all those. And how many of those are important, I wonder? Oh, God, that's a great question. How many, they get to a point where like, how many of your thoughts have been wasted, absolutely wasted on stuff that happened yesterday or the day before, on imaginary arguments that you're never actually going to have because you don't (laughs) have the coping mechanisms to effectively have a conversation you need to have. Or thoughts on things that will never, like over worrying, thoughts on things that will happen too much, things that won't, will never happen in the future, but you worry about them right now. Yeah, no, I would do that a bit now, to be honest. Yeah, I'd say a lot. I would say a lot, actually. But I don't think you can control it. I don't think there's a, a method of stopping you think. Is there? Well, Maybe a bit of meditation this, when you're, you're just that's trying what to... all that stuff is about, yeah. Be. All those uh, mindfulness courses and uh, all that. Look, look at this now. Look at this. Someone has said 6,200 sexual thoughts today. Come on now, Gar. <laughs> there's no need Maybe, for that. Maybe every thought that goes through your head is related to that. I think that's a problem, though. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, tons of people got that correct and right. Um, first person, I think, was who was it? Was it Dan or something there? Megan, thanks. They sent in a picture. He did get home safe. Thanks, guys. Thank you for sending in the picture of you guys safely driving around Dublin again. Uh, did you just do anything this evening, Megan? I mean, like... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.